0: You're listening to a stranger podcast, www.thestranger.com.
1: If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, well, there's nothing you can't last on the Savage Podcast.
2: couple of news stories to start the show. Nothing really ranty this week, but a couple of... Choice morsels that appeal to me, my purient nature. Uh, y- y- you can complete this sentence. We've been through this before. Arch-conservative GOP Republican elected official, Indiana state legislator, busted for – want to fill in the blank for me? Uh, I'll help you out here. Craigslist. Uh, 18-year-old, hooker, male. Uh, Phil Hinkle, Indiana state representative voted for a ban on same-sex marriage in indiana of course is arch conservative hates the gays and guess what can you guess can you guess we really need to start a campaign called i don't know homophobia is so gay because everybody who's a homophobe seems to be a closet cocksucker anyway phil hinkle went on the internet offered eighty dollars A cheap closet case, 80 bucks to an 18-year-old male hooker uh, and had a long back-and-forth with him an email and then had a long back-and-forth with this guy's – he may or may not have been a hooker, who knows – sister. And then the sister took all the emails and went to the newspapers in Indiana. So now everybody knows that Phil Hinkle isn't completely heterosexual. Everybody but Phil Hinkle, who is arguing now, refusing to resign and arguing that he is not – Gay. I'm going to quote Phil Hinkle in the wake of this scandal, uh, including you know the, the the leader of the GOP in the Indiana state legislature is called from resign in the wake of the scandal. Phil Hinkle quote: "I'm not gay. I might have to give him that. You know, I am gay, and I have never gone on Craigslist and offered eighty dollars to an 18 year old to let me suck his dick. So maybe that's something that just straight guys do, and I'm not familiar with that, and I haven't engaged in that sort of behavior because I'm just not down with straight culture. Maybe it's just like." Golf and cigars. Maybe it's just something straight guys enjoy. 18-year-old male dick. So Phil Hinkle, completely heterosexual, Uh, which is, of course, a reference to Roy Zimmerman's very excellent number, Ted Haggard is completely heterosexual. Uh, I hope Roy doesn't mind. We're going to play a little clip of it right here because I want Roy to uh, bang out another version of this. Because Ted Haggard is completely heterosexual, Ted Haggard. Ted
3: Haggard is completely heterosexual. Glory how he blew
2: you know, when the Larry Craig scandal broke, uh, Roy Zimmerman, and you should check out all of his stuff at RoyZimmerman.com, recorded a Larry Craig version. And, you know, Larry Craig is completely heterosexual kind of scans. But, Roy, if you're listening, Phil Hinkle is completely heterosexual. That works. And I really do think that you owe us An up-up-updated version of GOP closet cases completely heterosexual. Also in the news, and I love this, have you ever heard of Bethany College? It's apparently some tiny Lutheran college in Kansas somewhere. I have never heard of it. Do you know that they have a golf team? Neither did I. Did you know that they have a men's golf team? Neither did I. Did you know that every man on the Bethany College men's golf team has a penis? Neither did I until, to protect itself from scandal, the Bethany College administration suspended the entire men's golf team because they posed naked for a photograph. For a team photograph, they posed not even – you can't even, you, have, you have to infer their penises. You can't even see their penises. I'm just presuming cisgenderhood and presuming they're all sissies uh, without having any evidence before me. And I would like the evidence before me because some of the guys on this men's golf team are pretty odd. Uh, Because Bethany College administrators couldn't just laugh this off and, you know, smile and say, guys, guys, we're a small Christian university. Pull your pants up. Uh, Now the whole world has seen this photograph, and it is quite a photograph. And this is my favorite part. Interviewed on the news uh, was the captain of the men's golf team, who's British, obviously unfamiliar with the never-ending panic about human sexuality and nudity that makes America great. So he, it was his idea, and he feels really bad. And he, you know, they, they do this, and you know, this is kind of a thing in the UK. You know, the rugby teams will do a naked calendar, the old lady gardeners clubs will do, you know, a naked calendar. They even made a movie about it because they're not quite as paranoid about nudity over there. Because again, Canada got the French, Australia got the convicts, and we got the Puritans who were thrown out of uh, the UK 500, 400 years ago. Anyway, this is my favorite part of the story. The name Of the captain of the Bethany College men's golf team, whose idea it was to take this nude photograph, who's having to give interviews about it and, and, you know, is apologizing profusely. His name is Jack. His last name is Hiscock. Jack Hiscock. I shit you not. Jack Hiscock. You put that in a novel, nobody will believe it. But it happened at Bethany College in Kansas. uh, And we found out about it thanks to the Puritans at Bethany College in campus. And uh, I personally want to extend a big thank you to the Puritanical administration there because you really did fucking make my day. The photo made my day. And then when I read the story and I met Jack Hiscock, that just really fucking uh, made my week, actually. So thank you, Bethany College. And finally... I think we may have talked about this on the podcast. I, I certainly wrote about it on my blog at the time. There is a huge statue of Jesus in Ohio made out of polystyrene and foam, which is highly flammable, called Touchdown Jesus. Some people called it Big Butter Jesus because it kind of had this yellow tint. And uh, about a year or a year or so ago, uh, it was hit by lightning and burned to the ground. The porn store across the interstate from this graven image, was not hit by lightning and did not burn to the ground. You know, and if a bolt of lightning struck a gay bar or a Planned Parenthood clinic or a Richard Dawkins and the bar or the clinic or the evolutionary biologist burned to the ground, believers would never shut up about divine judgment and God will not be mocked and there are no accidents and sinners need to turn or burn... But when lightning strikes an enormous, vulgar, and as it turned out, flammable statue of Jesus Christ, that's just weather. Anyway, they are rebuilding Ohio's Touchdown Jesus, and they are coating it now with a flame leotardant. And we're all invited to watch this graven image destroyed by an angry God being rebuilt by these defiant sinners in Ohio. So you might want to Google... Touchdown, Jesus, and uh, watch them fly in the face of an angry God. It's right there in the Ten Fucking Commandments. Nothing about butt-fucking in the Ten Commandments, but thou shalt make no graven images, blah, 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 bolt the lightning. Down goes Touchdown, Jesus, porn shoppers across the street unmolested. Your call's after this. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 75,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com savage.
0: Hi, Mr. Savage. I'm a 21-year-old queer woman living in Baltimore, Maryland, and I have a question about coming out to old friends. I grew up in Connecticut, where my parents live. So I still have friends that I like to see once in a while when I visit my parents. Um, But not too long ago, I came out to a girl who used to be um, my best friend. And besides the fact that we used to hang out um, and talk all the time on the phone, blah, 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 when I came out to her, she completely rejected me. She couldn't believe that I would go against nature, God forbid, and follow my heart. Um, But then she began to um, accuse me of being in love with her and stating that I must have been getting off um, on all the times that I had hugged her. So, uh, I have known that I'm queer um, ever (laughs) since I could have intimate attractions to people, but I didn't even think that... Um, After having known me for six years or however long, someone who I considered close to me would ever, um, just because I'm attracted to women, think that it must mean that I'm in love with her. Um, You know, I feel betrayed. Uh, By the way, all of the friends I have in Baltimore know me and my preferences and love me because of who I am. But my friends at home are just as important to me, and so is the truth. So I need to know uh, how to come out to the rest of my friends without having the same catastrophe happen again.
2: The only thing you can control is coming out to the rest of your friends. You can't control their reaction to your coming out. There's no way of putting it. There's no way of doing it, of slipping it into conversation. That's going to, you know, inoculate yourself against the kind of freak out that you witnessed. I would say, you know, as we've seen with, Phil Hinkle, complete heterosexual, and others, that your friend may be projecting, that obviously you touch some sort of nerve and she may feel implicated uh, in your coming out because perhaps she isn't completely heterosexual. Perhaps she got some charge out of those hugs and now your being out retroactively makes her participation in those hugs or makes her, you know, forces her to confront whatever pleasure she might have taken. So I would just. If I were you, shrug it off sometimes in your coming out process when you're an adolescent or you're a young adult as you are. It it results in kind of a sifting of your friends, of who are your real friends now that you – now that they know who you really are uh, against who are the people who are your provisional friends, people who are only willing to be your friend based on irrelevancies like your sexual orientation – you were close. Uh, relationships end. I know that when you're 21, a, a six-year friendship feels like an eternity. It ain't. Uh, people typically aren't friends when they're you know adults my age with people they were friends with when they were 15 years old. Or when they first met, they're 15 years old. Because people grow. They change. They grow in different directions. They f- have falling outs. So they just drift a- apart. Sometimes there's a big explosion, as there was in this case. I would encourage you to get on with your life. If you need to get it off your chest, write her a letter. Say whatever it is you need to say. And then get out there and make new and better friends as the person you are now, as the fully out person you are now, as the person who you were all along, uh, but only have begun to reveal to people. You will not now form new relationships with people who can't handle your truth. And just, you know, rip the bandaid off. Don't sit there wringing your hands about the potential negative reactions you'll get from your other friends back home when you come out. Just, just tell them and you know what if you've told her and she flipped out i guarantee you the word is spreading in your hometown just get in front of it tell everybody the folks who can't handle it the folks who walk away from you you are well rid of them and it is their loss not yours theirs that's the attitude to take not because you know that's a lie or you know some way of you know protecting yourself from the herd that's the attitude because it's the fucking truth you'll be rid of the people who do not have a place in your life who cannot love you for who you are and you will fill your life with people who do and can
4: hi Dan I have a really good friend of mine um, who is 19 year old gay guy and I love him very much um, And I'm just afraid that he's suffering from some internalized homophobia. My evidence being he'll make these flippant comments um, about hating effeminate guys. Um, And and recently he's gotten into the really bizarre kind of annoying habit of trying to hook up with his female friends. Um, And when I say hook up, I mean make out, um, even, you know, groping and could even lead to sex you know in the near future um and this includes me uh one of his you know close female friends and it's i don't know it's just such a bizarre behavior and i don't know uh, some background on him he he's out to his friends he's out to his dad but not his mom because she's made it quite clear that she would not be supportive um And she, my theory behind that is she was born with a disability and, um, I think she feels she's been judged all her life and excluded and, uh, she doesn't want her son, her only child, uh, to go through the same thing she experienced by joining this, you know, minority. And she is under the idea that it's a choice and, um, that he chooses. To, like men. Anyway, I wanted to know your thoughts on or recommendations for battling internalized homophobia and how I can help him.
2: The best way you can help him is to not allow your sympathy for him, which is not misplaced, uh, to cause you to, to excuse bad behavior from him. What you need to do when he does this, you know, hitting on girls bullshit or groping you, you or your, your other friends who are girls is to just look at him and say, knock it off that's uncomfortable and unpleasant just fucking stop it uh, and then say and you're gay remember you're gay but here's what's going on you know this isn't first of all the, the the slagging off feminine gay guys that's not internalized homophobia that is externalized homophobia a lot of kids when they first come out young gay guys particularly young gay guys who don't fit any gay stereotypes are you know really self conscious about being seen as uh, one of the stereotypes, or people scrutinizing them for evidence that you know they're going to be carrying a person lisping in five more minutes after coming out, and so they want to draw a clean you know a distinction between the kind of gay guy they are and the kind of gay guy the gay guys people hate are, and it's a kind of you know minority false consciousness that gets a lot of people into trouble, particularly queer people. It doesn't help uh, him or anyone else for him to say, like me, I'm not, you know, you should like me because I'm not like those other homos that you don't like. It's a plea for approval from people who don't like homos at all, however they behave, whether they're straight acting, quote unquote, or feminine, which is what people mean by gay acting. Uh, so that usually takes a little time for a guy to burn through. Once he you know, makes some more gay friends and perhaps has a first boyfriend or two and has some friends who are actually feminine our, but are kick-ass guys and great in bed, he'll uh, chill the fuck out about that. That usually just takes some time. The acting out and groping though, what, what's going on is – you know, there's some part of him that still doesn't want to be seen as having gone entirely over to the dark side. And there's some young gay people who almost want people to think that they've made a choice or that they could be straight. Oh, I could totally be with girls, but I prefer guys. And so they'll demonstrate how they could totally be with girls while there's an audience. I assume uh, that this doesn't happen when he's alone with girls. This happens at parties. This happens when, you know, the gang's out at the movies or whatever and so he's like demonstrating he's broadcasting to everyone else that not only is he not like those gay guys you don't like he's so not like them that he's like totally comfortable being sexual with women and I've seen it so many times and it's bullshit and it just takes some time for that to burn off and evaporate. And it will. And you know, you've seen as uh, everyone's seen now, you know, the the online videos of straight guys playing gay chicken were like you know The guys will begin to kiss and then begin to make out and the first guy who like leaps away uh, in horror and disgust loses and so the guy who can be gayer is braver. This is kind of like a gay guy playing straight chicken with himself uh, and it's because the stakes are low. It doesn't mean anything when he acts out sexually with a girl. He doesn't have to make himself vulnerable. And he's making you uncomfortable and your friends uncomfortable in the process, which is a way of spreading the discomfort around. He's He's not entirely comfortable with his own sexuality. And he's using it as a weapon in these situations to make sure everybody's in an uncomfortable position and you don't have to play along. Again, bringing us back to look him in the eye, put your hand on his chest, push him back and say, knock it the fuck off, gay wad. That's what I would do in your situation. As for his mother, his mother's homophobia is no excuse for him uh, making you and all of his other female friends feel uncomfortable or groping and mauling you guys. Uh, They're two separate issues. His mother is a bitch and that needs to be dealt with and and it's not your responsibility to deal with it. It's his responsibility and his mother's husband's responsibility, his father's responsibility. Um, And that will play out in time too and she will get the fuck over it as all of our parents – For the most part, eventually do. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 75,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature and featuring audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers. For listeners to this podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their service. One audiobook to consider is In the Garden of Beasts, Love, Terror, and an American Family in Hitler's Berlin by Eric Larson. It's an excellent read or listen. I read it on vacation myself and I recommend it. For that free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash savage. That's audiblepodcast.com slash savage.
5: Hey, Dan. Uh, I'm a 19-year-old gay girl and I just came out to my family, like extended family, about five months ago on Facebook, actually. And um, my conservative Christian Baptist cousin took it kind of the, the hardest in the family and on Facebook she sent me a link to the guy's website uh Dr. Albert Moeller she she wrote um underneath the, the link quote hope that you if you get into any form of OB which is like delivering babies I'm sure you're aware of that but I was thinking about getting into it so anyway um if you get into any form of OB, I hope your moral laws will not change with societal whims. Okay? So I, I go to the link and it's, it's not about gay themed things. It's about um, like when a mother has a multi-birth um, pregnancy and apparently there are some doctors who are reducing the pregnancy to single birth. So they're basically, they're killing one of the babies so that she can only have one of them. So, Whatever, and then um, I uh, I was like, okay, and I was looking around the website, and it also is full of anti-gay bigotry and reparative therapy and all this crazy shit. And I'm just worried that the next thing to come if she's reading off this guy's website is that she's going to throw some reparative therapy at me or some some crazy, you know, thing. And I'm just really nervous about it. And so I'm wondering, should I? Mention when i replied to this post that he i'm not going to believe this because of all the other bullshit that's on his website or you know like should i mention it at all i don't know i'm sort of like nervous about it because i I just don't want this to come back and bite me in the ass
2: your cousin when you came out reacted badly sent you a link to this website because she wanted to talk to you about abortion
6: well it didn't it didn't happen quite like in that order like I had come out, I've come, I guess it's been like five months now or something, but this was just recently, and um, it it wasn't, the link wasn't about gay things at first. <laughs> it but was just, it was, yeah.
2: So you um, followed the link and then dug around and found the reparative therapy shit on the website, but that's not what your yeah, cousin... Yeah, I
6: mean, it didn't take much digging. It was like, you know, at the bottom of the page, you so could see that... why did your you cousin
2: know, send you this link, do you think?
6: I think at first it was because I've talked about doing, like, OBGYN stuff, like delivering babies and things like that, Mm -hmm. and so she saw it and was like, oh, well, if you're considering being, you know, an obstetrician, that you better, you know, kind of watch yourself and you don't fall into these, like, immoral things, you know, and I just, we've also talked about being gay and things like that, and so... I'm just wondering when it's going to have an overlap, you know? (laughs) Uh
2: Uh-huh. Has she she told you that she's disappointed or angry or mad or hurt that you're a dyke? Has she said anything to you about your lesbianism since you came out?
6: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, When when I first came out, it was very much, um, she she came off like, oh, well, I'm just upset you didn't tell me. (laughs) But, uh, you know, and she said that, but in a way that it was like, I'm disappointed you didn't, you didn't tell me, so we couldn't talk about it first. Which I take as, man, I wish I could prevent it. You know, could have prevented. <laughs> uh huh. Um, so has she I, come out and told yeah. you
2: that being a dyke is sinful? That you're going to hell? That you can change? Has she said anything to you like that?
6: Yeah, um, not at all in that um, way. Well, in what way? She in ways like. Well, you know what the Bible says, and if you dig enough that you'll find the truth, and uh, things like that. And you know
2: what your response when she says that should be? What? Fuck you. Yeah. You need to ove them up, lady. You're out now? Just, like, let's imagine for a second that you were Jewish. And a distant cousin came to you and said, you know, you don't have to be Jewish. You don't have to go to hell and roast down a spit with all the other Jews for all eternity. You don't have to – when Jesus comes back, your blood doesn't have to boil within your body. You don't have to explode. You can just be, you know, a Christian like me. You would deck her. There would be no yeah. sort of hand-wringing about how do I handle this in a way that doesn't make my cousin who's being so colossally disrespectful and rude and attacking me so that I don't hurt her feelings. Fuck her, fuck her feelings, fuck her prejudices and fuck her misinterpretation of a couple of bullshitty passages in the Bible. What you need to do is you need to make her afraid of offending you. You need to communicate to her that she's the bigot, that she's the one with a problem, not you. And that's by returning fire in a big way and not accepting this. I just worried about you just because I love you so much fuck you. And she's a cousin. We're not talking about mom or a sister here. We're not talking about somebody you got to, you know, uh, live with at Thanksgiving where you might have to be a little bit more delicate. You need to fucking get up on your hind legs and take a swipe at her. I would send her, if you want to be nice, a link to John Shore's blog, johnshore.com. com. Uh, he's an evangelical Christian who writes about LGBT issues who takes uh, bigoted Christians to task for their hatred and their misinterpretation of the Bible and their anti-love and anti-humanity stance on sexual orientation and just grinds them to a fine powder and blows them away and I would say, you know, if she's going to play like, let's have a website war, you know an Earl game exchange right. send her an Earl back Yeah, but don't uh. worry about offending her Are you, is what she's saying to you offensive? yes offend her back return fire
6: okay (laughs) and that's in response to what she posted even though it wasn't directly related yeah you can go you
2: can scroll down and say you know i'm disinclined to take what this person has to say about women's reproductive health seriously considering what this person has to say about my existence
6: right that was my initial thought was like hey i mean if if this guy's opinions on this is you know so crazy like what
2: Right. If How somebody sent me a link, you know, I'm an urban planning like geek privately in my own time, and I write about it very often. If somebody <laughs> sent me to a link to, you know, somebody who's arguing about urban planning issues that might, you know, that I might find interesting, and at the bottom I found all this white supremacist bullshit, I would write back to the person who sent me that link and say, "Don't. This person is a bigot and an asshole and a hater, and you shouldn't read anything this person writes. They're disqualified from taking part in, and certainly, you know, occupying any of my time." And that you would send me a link to this fucking white supremacist douchebag Nazi's website makes me question your judgment. Right. Even if that's not what you were sending it to me for, even if you want, would you wanted to have a conversation about baby angels? <laughs> but you gotta, okay. you, you know, we we're done. It's, we're forty, fifty years into the the modern gay and lesbian civil rights movement. We're getting into a place where we're not the ones who have to worry about our families rejecting us anymore our families need to worry about us rejecting them that more people in our families are on our side now and the ones people in our families who are not on our side are the folks who are being tossed out of the family circle you need to say to her are your parents on your side yeah are your siblings on your side uh
6: pretty much i just have one brother and he's He's kind of ignorant, but he's
2: not. He's coming around, so Directly
6: though. offensive, but yeah. he's, he's
2: coming around, right? He's on the right. he's he's stepped on to He's on the learning curve, and he's going to get there, right? Right. And you need yep. to say to your cousin, "You're not going to be welcome, you know, in my family, in my home. My parents aren't going to deal with you. You're the one who's going to get chucked out. You're the one who's going to get rejected by the family if you don't knock this bullshit off and educate yourself."
6: Right. Absolutely. Well, I really appreciate it. And I will, you know, it takes me a little, you know, second guessing myself, I guess, to stand up. But, you know, I I think it's what I need to do. So I really appreciate your response.
2: You're welcome. And a lot of gay people have that reaction. They, They go in, they come out and they feel like, all right, I've already done enough harm. Right, I've already offended everyone right. by being exactly. who I am. So I'm going to like be as deferential and cringing and understanding as possible when people come back at me with these offensive things. Cause, because didn't I start it by offending them by existing? You can't go in with that attitude.
6: <laughs> right.
2: If you go in apologizing for who you are, they're going to continue to demand apologies all your life. Decker, not real, not not literally, <laughs> not literally,
6: metaphorically, just right there. Though. Decker in an email. <laughs>
2: and if it costs you a cousin, if it costs you links to websites that you don't want to read, so be it.
6: Okay, I will do.
2: Good luck. Give us an update sometime.
6: Okay, thank Bye. You. See you. And
2: welcome out. That's terrific. And congratulations on being a big out dyke now.
6: I appreciate it. Thanks.
2: <laughs> Bye.
0: Hi, Dan. Um, I'm a long-time listener. I have a question for you. Um, I'm a girl that actually likes to watch porn, and specifically, I actually like to watch gay male porn, um, mostly because I really hate the faces the girls make. I just find them annoying, and they usually are faking it. But I came across something a couple times, and I wanted to know what it was about, which is, what is up with the gay male hazing porn? where the guys are acting straight anyway and it's almost like college hazing or that kind of thing and um, so I just wanted to know, are they actually straight? Is that what's going on? Are they faking it or why is there really a market for that?
2: In a world with Balloon porn and, you know, giantess porn and squish porn, where you watch beautiful women squish little bugs and mice under their toes. Do we really need to ask why there's a market for whatever kind of porn comes up? Uh, if it exists in the world, somebody wants to fuck it. And if it exists in the world and somebody wants to fuck it, somebody's trying to make a buck selling videos of that thing being fucked to the person who wants to fuck it. So why ask why? But you asked why, so I'm going to explain. You know, what's hot about that scenario? Well, there's good-looking guys who are semi-naked who are being hostile uh, in a kind of playful way with each other. What's not sexy about that? Particularly for gay guys. You have to, like, tap into the gay experience. There's a long time in the lives of gay men where you're far behind enemy lines, where you're able – you have access to these secret all-male, all-straight people presumably uh, male, uh, environments like locker rooms and frat houses and frat hazing rituals and all this intensely homoerotic shit because there's naked dudes. And, you know, hostility is affection in many of these environments. And those are, for a lot of gay men, heady and formative experiences, That, that, that pressure and the eroticism of that environment when you're not out yet. And you're in a place where guys are just being testosterone-soaked agro-monsters to each other. And if at that point in your life that's the only homoerotic touch that you've experienced or had access to, you're going to eroticize that. And it's going to carve a deep groove in your erotic imagination that may never go away. And then when you're, you know, 30, 40, 50 years old, you will remember those times at the Phi-whatever-whatever house fondly when – The hazing was going on and you'll want to beat off about that. Hence the college hazing porn. Even guys who didn't have those experiences will eroticize those experiences. So that's what's up with it. Uh, In theory, at least, that's my theory. I just yanked it out of my ass. I hope you enjoyed it. But my general approach when it comes to whatever porn is, huh, we have big brains and we're kind of endlessly perverse and whatever there is out there in the world, somebody's perving out to it Uh, and we should just stand back in awe of our capacity to eroticize just about anything and not question other people's kinks or turn-ons too much just enjoy
7: my question is I have noticed all during my life that if I'm attracted to another guy and I sniff his ass I can actually get high I have an altered state of consciousness from that and I wonder if that's pheromones or what that's about I've also noticed that other guys can do it with me, like as part of rimming, especially if it's musky, they will like get high and they'll kind of go into this other world. So I wondered what you know about that. Thanks. Bye.
2: I know nothing about that and I kind of don't want to find anything out about that. So I am not going to Google it and I am not going to think about it. Not that I don't, you know. Everybody likes this – you know, your partner's scent. You do it a lot of inhaling. You know, you put your nose places when you're having sex with somebody that you wouldn't put your nose uh, when you weren't having sex with somebody. And uh, hopefully you like the way they smell. You're attracted to them on some chemical, pheromonic level and uh, blah, blah, blah. But I don't think you get literally high. Maybe you get a little giddy there, guy. But I don't think you get – actually high or maybe you were a dog in your past life. And this is all butt huffing uh, from your previous lives that you guys are reliving.
7: Hi, Ben. It's Kat. Um, so I'm going to be a sophomore in high school this year. And I was recently made to come out to my entire freshman class. I wrote a very personal essay that had to do with me being queer and my past and my promiscuity and I didn't realize I had to read it, and I did. (sighs) Um, And I don't know how to deal with it. There's this group of boys, especially, who I have affectionately coined the name Future Frat Boys of America. And one of them has already come up to me and called me disgusting, and I'm like, and he's told me that I couldn't possibly be queer because at one point he actually had a crush on me. Oh man. So exciting, right? Um, Not really. And um, I don't really know how to deal. Also, I'm kind of an outsider in my grade anyway, just because I'm mostly friends with people who are a lot older than me. Um, I'm mostly friends with the upper upperclassmen, so now most of my friends are seniors. A lot of them already graduated last year. So I don't really know what to do. Um, any help would be great. Thank you.
2: So presumably you wrote this essay last year when you were a freshman and then read it toward the end of the year and now you're a sophomore and now you're going back to high school and you're out and a lot of your friends have graduated and some of your friends are seniors and will be gone next year when you're a junior. Um, You know, if you're being bullied, if you're being told that you're disgusting and told that you're called a dyke and uh, threatened, if – you know, I think what that guy said to you and he said you couldn't possibly be a dyke because he wanted to fuck you is a little vaguely threatening and a lot of young queer people are subjected to sexual violence because uh, the perpetrators of that violence often rightly uh, assume that we can't go to the authorities or we won't go to the authorities or we won't have the support of our families. We can't talk to our parents about what happened to us without outing ourselves if we're not already out to our families. So our, you know, perceived queerness Uh, can make us more vulnerable to sexual violence because we're perceived as being completely on our own, as we often are. I would encourage you, if you're out to your entire freshman, sophomore class at the whole school now at this point, to come out to your family and demand their love and support, particularly as you face down these bullies in your school. Uh, Lean on the protection and the friendship of your Upper, those upperclassmen who are there, still there and make an effort to find some friends who are sophomores and juniors who will be there for you when you're a junior next year. So you won't be entirely on your own. And if the situation is intolerable and it shouldn't be intolerable and it's actually illegal if it's intolerable and you should contact the ACLU if the administrators at your school fail to protect you uh, because of your sexual uh, orientation. But if it becomes intolerable, you also have the option of getting the fuck out. You can get a GED. You can head to junior college or even start taking college classes early if you wish and leave school. You are not at 16 when you're a junior or even when you're a sophomore, you are not condemned to high school. Like a lot of uh, young people who contributed videos, have contributed videos, to the It Gets Better Project uh, spoke of their escapes from toxic high school environments. Uh, which weren't all, you know, I dropped out and I ran away. A lot of them were I traded up. I got my GED with the support of my parents and I went straight to college at 16 or 17 or straight to my community college at 16 or 17 and started taking classes. Rather than endure daily harassment at the hands of, you know, the future frat boys of America, not that all frat boys are uh, assholes necessarily, some of them appear in hazing videos, which are quite popular. Uh, in the gay community. You're not obligated to stay. If it's bad, think about a way to get out. If it's not so bad, if you can deal, if you have the support of your parents and school administrators address the problem, stay because your presence is going to make that school a better place for other queer kids uh, in your class, whether they're out yet or not, and other queer kids who will be coming through that school after you. But you're not obligated to stay if it is unbearable, or merely super annoying, you have the option of getting the fuck out.
8: Hi, I'm calling in response to episode 253, the conversation about hymens and women who don't believe in them or don't know much about their own bodies and that sort of thing. I just thought I'd offer an explanation for why a lot of women probably don't know about their own bodies, you know, as opposed to men and why it might be hard for you to understand as a man because, you know, men all their stuff sort of hangs out and it's there and you look down and kind of hard to miss. But women have to take an actual concerted effort to really even look at it, let alone examine it thoroughly and know all the names for everything and everything kind of all blends together down there. So, you know, I'm a, you know, adult woman, sexually active, and I don't know a lot of, I don't know what anything down there is called or what it does or whatever. It's just there. And, you know, I probably know more about it than most women just because, you know, my education, but not from personal experience. So I can totally understand where that caller was coming from and not knowing much about that. And I think that that is a common thing, and it just has to do with the difference in the fact that our stuff's mostly on the inside.
3: Hey, Dan, I'm just listening to uh, the the podcast right now. The girl who had the sort of uh, unfortunate medical diagnosis at age 13 and uh, now uh, is really having trouble finding uh, people to date because of uh, being really uncomfortable with vaginal sex and not being able to have anal sex. Um, You made a a really big oversight and I kept waiting for even the tech-savvy at-risk youth to uh, interrupt you and you to cut in and say that uh, you had kind of overlooked that she said she was bisexual at the beginning of her call and all the advice you gave her was about uh, finding guys and uh, I agreed with everything you said of course but I feel like women would be a much more uh, fruitful and sympathetic and, uh, you know, um, rewarding route for her. And I kind of think that you owe her um, a revisiting of her call and her problem and um, talking about what she could do on the female side of her bisexuality, because I feel like that could really uh, work out for her. Hey, Dan, calling about episode 253, where the guy asked about male multiple orgasms. I'm not one of the people that has those, but I've been with guys that do, and it's really not what you think. They're not quite the same kind of orgasm. You know, for me, it was a big relief, and for him, it was four or five or six kind of little ones that would sneak up on him, and it's kind of messy and fun, but... I don't really think he gets the same kind of release from it. So I wouldn't trade what I've got for anything, certainly not for what he's got. And uh, so you should feel good with what you've got. Thanks.
2: When we first launched the podcast, uh, God, it was five or six years ago now, right? We didn't have a theme song. And we invited folks who were listening to, who you know were musicians or uh, fancied themselves musicians, if they wanted to send us something that might work at the top of the show, uh, to please do. And we got a few things, we played a few things, and then we got this piece from a band called the Popovers in Greensboro, North Carolina, uh, which we've been using ever since. You heard it at the top of today's show. Uh, popovers, uh, it's a band, a project uh, headed up by Tim La Follette, and that's his voice you hear at the beginning of every show. A couple of years after uh, we started using that song and occasionally plugging the Popovers by way of thanks, Uh, Tim got uh, some sad news. His mother had died of ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease when he was very young and he, at 30, was diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease. We've been in touch with Tim's friends over the years. We've followed uh, Tim's battle with Lou Gehrig's disease through the website oftenawesome.org and we've been inspired by the Often Awesome Army, Tim's friends and supporters and family who were there by his side and Uh, documented his struggle, and we're really saddened to report that this week, uh, last week, by the time you listen to this podcast, uh, Tim passed away. And that's a real tragedy. And uh, on behalf of myself and the Tech Savvy at Risk Youth, our hearts go out to Tim's friends and family members, and uh, you're in our thoughts at this time. And we wanted to end this week's show with another piece uh, by The Popovers, another song of Tim's. You know, kind of in memoriam and kind of to uh, just share some of his other music with uh, everyone uh, out there listening to the podcast who's been enjoying Tim's uh, Savage Love Cast theme all these years. You can listen to and find other recordings by The Popovers at thepopovers.com, and we're going to continue to use Tim's uh, piece, and you're going to continue to hear Tim's voice at the beginning of every show, but we would encourage you to uh, check out some of his other music if you like uh our theme song. And again, our sympathies go out to Tim's friends and family. And here is uh, Tim La Follette and the popovers singing Sad State of Affairs.
1: Day has come, moving on. Now that your ball and chain is gone, dearest friend, we're so proud of you.